We're currently working on developing the podcast for a bigger and better season two. But in the meantime, we're having some short chats with people from the industry about how they're coping with these pandemic times. In this bonus episode, we had the pleasure of speaking to the freelance dancer and choreographer, Carl Aqualistan. We talked about his current choreographic project, Dispunk, the challenges and realizations in the early stages of his professional dance career, and how Joy for Dance brings dance. Just to let you know, due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, Carl and I connected digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy! Okay, hi Carl. Thank Hello. you for joining us. Thank um, you for it's me. very nice to have you here. Um, it's 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 been a joy, even you know, since we studied at Northern together, and I, I I talked to Matilda about this, my friend, and I was like, yes, I remember when I photographed one of the earlier pieces mm. of you. <laughs> you remember. Um, yeah. And I'm just so happy to have you here. How are you doing? How are you? How is everything? I'm good. Um, I'm currently doing a project. So I feel like um, I feel really good. Uh, and also, I just have to say that the one of the photos that you took of my piece at Northern is still one of my favorite like photos of, <laughs> of, one yes, of, of my did. pieces because yeah and I still I think I still have it as like a cover photo on my Facebook page so I just yeah I just love that photo so yeah oh, thank you for that amazing <laughs> I've made it in the photography world You've as well made it. yes <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know but I'm happy like I really like yeah. it too um you yes as you mentioned you mm -hmm. are in a choreographic process right now yes. which is I guess more than what other people can expect in these times. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that must like be amazing. How is yeah. it for you to do that? Yeah, I've been, I'm, I feel very grateful. Um, so this was a project or, or it's a part of a platform at Danzenshus in Oslo called Choreografi Laboratoria. And it was supposed to be last year in May. But then because of COVID, it was cancelled and postponed. It's still very um, unsure if we get to perform it. But we kind of had the plan that whatever happens, we would still uh, do the rehearsals and kind of still finish the process of producing like the piece. And now our backup plan is to have a closed showing for professionals because that's allowed here in Oslo. So either way, hopefully there will be some sort of audience. Some <laughs> um, sort of audience. Yeah. So because um, even if we do get an audience, it will only be 10 people. And I feel like if this was last year, I would be like, like disappointed. But now I'm like, even if we get five, I'm like super happy to have, have them like watch my piece, you know? So yeah i'm happy i've said like to people that if we do have performances it's just a bonus because having like rehearsals and having like this like research process and development process in these times is just amazing and i feel very grateful 
Yeah, for sure. Because it's 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 great. You can for sure talk more about the project, like this funk project. Mm -hmm. Because from my point of view as well, like I've seen most of the people you work with as well, mm -hmm. and it seems like such an amazing group. How many are you? Like five or six people? There are six dancers. And you've been working together, and it, from my point of view, it looks really great to have that kind of environment, and that you found mm -hmm. those people. That seems to be a very like interesting part of your process. Mm -hmm. um, so, would you like to talk more about the, this specific project, and maybe mm -hmm. connect that with what's your process and practice in general? Um, so this project started two years ago, and it was kind of my first project after graduating. And I just like I just wanted to because it was very hard um, moving back to Oslo and like not having the network and not kind of yeah like figuring things out uh, in the freelance world. So I was just like I just really wanted to create something with people again. So I basically just asked people like friends of mine and people I've met in workshops, just like dancers that I wanted to work with. And ask them like, do you want to do this like research with me? And I don't have any funding. I don't have any money. And luckily, they said yes. And then we had like a work in progress showing where we were a part of like this international dance day here in Norway. And then we showed it at another platform for something called. So you kind of just. So you kind of just use these platforms yeah. to kind of proceed on with your work. I presume, yes. like yeah. the. I presume as a dancer, um, especially if you know them, mm -hmm. it, it must, must have been a really nice exchange and it, like a vibe they've received yeah. from you to go into, go like, mm -hmm. yes, no funding, no nothing, but yeah. I want to work with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that for me, watching your piece that I've seen at least at Northern when you studied, mm -hmm. um, for me, it, was, it pulled me in very much, the practices that you use mm -hmm. and especially how you work with emotion. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something you want to, yeah on. so my practice is very inspired by buto um, mm. which, which is like japanese dance theater uh, art practice whatever you want to call it uh, which is very expressive and i'm also very inspired by like expressionism and how like how you exaggerate mood and how you like enhance emotions uh, and how you can uh, do that through dance and with this project um, I wanted to explore tension which is a very <laughs> um, I feel like a common thread <laughs> in my a lot of my work um, like in the beginning it was a lot of like, like we worked with like maximum tension and like yeah just like a lot of like going to the extreme of tension and I think that also reflected like my uh, my personal life somehow, because I was also in a very dark place. So I realized that this project was kind of a practice of kind of releasing my dark emotions, I guess. And then as we progressed, um, when we, because our first showing was in April in 2019, and then we had a, another round uh, in November in the same year, 
and I was in a very different place, very like different mindset. And it was very hard for me to explore that tension and that dark place because I wasn't there. So that um, made kind of the process and the piece very different. And it was more about like the process of finding release. And it was more like about that. And now as well, uh, it was been, it's been like one and a half years since last time. It was also very different. And yeah, and I think uh, the practice in this particular piece um, allows space because it's not, we work with improvisational scores uh, and we also have some set material and some um, kind of more set uh, stuff, but um, in general, it's all improvised and it's all kind of up to the dancers and how they are, you know? So I feel like that's been amazing to kind of create this uh, practice that allows that and that, um, yeah, that allows you to kind of uh, grow in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to kind of be the same as it was. But it kind of, it feels like it almost hosts it in a way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't intervene, but it hosts all those possibilities. Yeah. For me, it's, I think it sounds, the, the, the thing of coming back to a piece, especially with the same people that you've had the opportunity of having, Mm-hmm. with such a like quite some time in between sounds mm-hmm. for me very interesting in terms of I guess the process both you obviously go through and the dancers mm-hmm. for me I find it would it's going to be really interesting to see how that informed them because I guess every part of the process informs that even though obviously you say oh my detention wasn't what I could explore right now mm-hmm. um I think since you're working with the improvisation score, it's going to be very interesting to see that that evolution because I feel mm-hmm. like that's going to be quite evident in all the dancers somehow. Yeah. Especially when we talked about this now, I'm probably <laughs> going to look for it when I see the <laughs> performance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that, I find that so fascinating. Yeah, yeah and, we, um, and I also feel like it's like the journey of life, you know, uh, very cliche but you know you go through tension you go and then you find release and then ups and downs you know uh, and I feel like yeah um, this practice of like just allowing space for where you are at the moment um, yeah it's, it's very important very nice yeah yeah and very yeah, important I- as well I feel like it is this thing of that I also realized life is just improvisation. Mm. <laughs> like whether I choose to go with the left foot up the stairs or the right yeah. foot up the stairs, that's as much improvisation as I feel this today and I feel different mm. today. Yeah. So I like hosting that and having the opportunity of using impro- improvisation as, you know, the mm-hmm. guiding force and the, the like the ultimate connection to life. Mm-hmm. I feel it's yeah. so essential. They are so yeah. tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it very interesting to hear about you obviously transitioning and feeling when you left the UK, what you felt mm. going to Norway, and then that you had some kind of a little bit, what it seemed like a dark period in mm. your life, or a little bit yeah. like I felt a bit down. Mm. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit more how it felt in that transition? Was it the, as you talked about the network, or did it feel more 
like establish yourself because I feel as well like mm. newly kind of we're all both kind of newly graduated if you look at the rest yeah. of the dance yeah. world that it is about finding your feet in the freelance world and realizing mm. what was kind of just imaginary and what was not yeah um yeah. but exp- please expand more on that um yeah for me it was a lot of things uh obviously it was really hard to like come back here and like not having the network that I had in the UK you know studying with all these people for three years and then suddenly moving back to a place where you don't know that many people um but for me I struggled mostly with like the I don't know what to call it but like personal things like um because I felt like I've grown I grew so much as a person uh after those three years in Leeds and then coming back here was almost like I was back uh, in my like old self <laughs> somehow. And then having that and struggling to find work and struggling to um, find your way in the freelance world or like dance world uh, and losing motivation to dance, you know, um, that all led to being really hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you ultimately go and like, damn I want to dance let's make something out of this yeah yeah but it it basically was I because I was struggling for a long time and then I was like I I actually came up with this idea um on the flight um from because I went to Leeds to watch my um former classmates they were in Verve um and it and being at Northern or in Leeds it just reminded me of like that passion that I had and I just was like I missed like dancing with people and creating projects you know because my year was very like we loved creating projects and and like like with each other and that gave me like the motivation to like oh I want to I want to do this again you know this is what I want to do yeah it's nice you just kind of make it happen for me Mm. (laughs) I feel similar in the sense that corona brought me back and suddenly Mm. I'm in the routines and how do Mm. I deal with it but I want to make dance and I want to do dance I want to dance I want to talk about dance I want to you know investigate so I'm also going to make it happen somehow (laughs) and it's nice to hear that you kind of got the uh, the Mm. what do you say the spark back some somewhere Mm. Um, and for me I find the difficulty of finding the moments where I own the dance and Mm. the dance is not for anyone else yeah. Um, especially since I feel very pushed and pulled between all the different jobs that I have to kind of sustain my freelance practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really that moment of like, oh, wait, 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 wait. When do I own my dance? And what is actually the qualities about dance that I like? Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I find for me, it's a very interesting thing. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like there was something that you didn't talk about so much when you were in school how the freelance world actually worked mm-hmm. and how much yeah. I, I must say I might myself also maybe not share all the things I do that is different from mm-hmm. just me dancing mm-hmm. on stage or me mm-hmm. you know choreographing something or me teaching something uh, because yeah. I'm not sharing yeah. everything about myself how do you find about that yeah no I definitely mm-hmm. agree and I feel like when we're training we have this vision of what a dancer is you know and a dancer is in a company or a choreographer or this but I realized like for myself and for most of my like dancer friends we work like 
in, like I work in a library, you know, and some friends of mine work in a cafe and they, they teach, they, you know, a dancer is not just like, doesn't necessarily have to be a full-time dancer to be a dancer. And that's what like uh, one of the big lessons has been like, because during COVID, I barely did any dancing things like maybe most people. Uh, and I mostly worked in the library. Um, and that was, I really enjoyed that. And it was kind of, uh, even though it was, I felt like it was like a break from dance and I was like questioning if that was what I wanted to do. I'm still a dancer, you know, and I could still uh, find my way back into it if I want to. Um, I don't know yeah. what my point was, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, made, it was completely, completely clear to me. I yeah. think there's something about finding that place where you go like, no matter how people or the general public think that a dancer is, mm. I know best if I'm a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. or not or if I yeah. want to categorize categorize myself yeah. as a dancer and by dancer for me dancer don't only just mean I dance mm -hmm. dancer means I teach I choreograph I mm -hmm. I talk I you know all mm -hmm. these different parts that the yeah. general public might not see as you are a dancer yeah so like holding your ground down <clears throat> and saying like I am a dancer yeah and I it comes from the part yeah and I also feel like it's so important for dancers to do all these other things and to get all these experiences to meet other people so that we can create art and dance that it's not just about us dancers if you know what I mean that it actually reflects the world and the society politics and you know uh, and that's also something that I realized and it's been really nice to kind of be out of the dance bubble a little bit and just meet like completely different people. And then I can come back into the dance world with kind of a new perspective, which only gives more- um, Richness uh, in general, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it's also, yeah, it's also, it is this thing of like, how do we break the secluded feeling we have in the dance world, especially with mm. dance? Like, how do we make it more? Who do we create for? Yeah. is always the question I ask myself and yeah. that many people ask who do we create for we do not preach we, we shouldn't create for the preachers we should create for the ones that, that actually don't know about it but yeah. it's harder said than done mm -hmm. always yeah. I reckon <laughs> <laughs> okay Carl like 15 minutes goes by so fast and yeah. I've had written so many more questions on my paper <laughs> to ask you um, but I, if we just want to wrap up with a little bit of um, you, uh, so you get like 30 seconds to plug you, where we find you, where we can follow you. Um, you also have the Flower Boy project that I haven't talked about. Please, do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, CJ Akulisan, A-Q-U-I-L-I-Z-A-N. And for my current project, I also have an Instagram page for that, that I post things, which is at this um, underscore funk with C. And I also have a Facebook page called Carla Cleason Dance. And yeah, I try to update it with like stuff. <laughs> 
I love it. We love stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep on going with some stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carl. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Head, Shoulders, Knees and Pot. If you enjoy our content, then please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to the show on. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at hskpod and you can find more information and donate at hsk-pod.com to keep helping us make the podcast better. This episode was hosted by me, Matilda Bjarum, produced and edited by Matilda Itustad with social media support from Katie Daniel.